The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Okay, I'm ready to record now. Uh, what episode is this again? 41, I think. Maddie, what's in the box? Oh, that's just my, uh, my niece's birthday present. I have to go to the post office after this to, uh, to send it to her. Well, well what is it? Well, a bit funny. I, I was at the farmer's market the other day, and there was this, uh, this weird new booth. I'd never seen it before. And they had all these, um, these crazy antiques. And the guy running the booth, he was a little odd. But I thought the music box was really unique. It, it, it looks old. Can I look at it? What's this inscription? Va his qui aperita aperiot? Is this is this Latin? You know, you should be really careful with old items like this. You never know what kind of energy they're going to bring along with it. I'm sure it's nothing. You're just paranoid. I mean, listen to the song. It's kind of creepy. Okay, well, hold on. I need to grab a drink before we start. I'll be right back. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Don't leave me alone with this thing. Wait, no one wound that up. It's playing by itself. Well, hello, Andrew. Care to dance? Oh, hell no. I'm out of here. It's episode 41. Cursed objects are terrifying. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you There are many stories of objects that are reported to be cursed or haunted. Many of these terrifying objects have brought great misfortune to their owners, manifesting themselves in financial and health woes. What's even worse is that some of these items claim to be linked to that which is demonic, with owners claiming to have seen demons, ghosts, and frightful sights. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of your favorite podcast in the entire world, the best one you've ever heard in your entire life. 
Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Thank you very much. My name is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, in case you're new, just happens to be the podcast that discusses horror in real life and in the movies from an LGBTQ perspective. Happy to have you with us. This is episode 41, talking about cursed objects. Yes. Objects that are cursed (laughs) or that are haunted or that just maybe freak you out or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe it's just coincidence. It it could be a little bit of this, could be a little bit of that. We've got some great films lined up for you later too. I think you you really can't choose better than The Ring, of course, and you can't choose better than Oculus. Yeah. So we'll be talking (laughs) about those. It's going to be fun. Um, So uh, first off, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's been, yep. obviously, we're in like month eight or something <laughs> of yeah, not I being able so. to go anywhere. So hunkering down, doubling down on the Peloton workouts, yep, <laughs> and girl. just keeping going. Doubling down on Peloton and on cheeseburgers. Yes, you know what yes. I mean? At the same time, that's how life should be. Uh, but yeah, it's been weird. Um, I think that we were discussing it a little bit earlier, but um, there are states that like ours, like Illinois, they're taking things very seriously. And we're really still pretty much locked down. I mean, there is some restrictions in Illinois. Um, but as far as our quarantine, we're really not doing anything yet. We're not, yeah. we're not quite there yet with uh, restaurants and bars and events and stuff. Whereas in other states, we see that they're just completely living normal lives. But yeah. we've seen in uh, Wisconsin and Ohio, they're reporting the most cases they've ever had. So yeah. good luck. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's um, it's not fun. Um, I'm on the same wavelength as you. I feel like we're in like maybe the initial stages of the real apocalypse. <laughs> um, you know, the election is coming too. So, you know, if I'm being honest, it's just been it's been a very stressful time. Yeah. And, and you you luckily I still have a job. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried about that. You know, knock on wood. Um, love my company, love love what I do, but um, you know, even beyond that, it's it's hard to fake it all yeah, day long sometimes. To be honest, so what we wanted to do for the month of October, um, considering we've had some pretty heavy topics lately, is that we wanted to keep things, you know, a little lighter. Cons- you know, considering the world that we're in, obviously we're still going to talk about horror in real life, but for forty one and forty two, uh, I think that we want to keep it a little spookier because it's October, yeah, and it's fun. We have a fun horror hookup for you guys coming yeah. up um and yeah we're gonna talk about cursed objects we know you love hooking up with us you <laughs> dirty little shits we know it so i've got a, a, a story for you about some cursed objects are you okay. ready all yeah. right so um some of our listeners going way back you probably know that i am obsessed with hawaii he really um, is folks i am in it's, my... it's hawaii in london that's all we got here. yeah well and, <laughs> and a little yeah, bit of ireland yeah, sure 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 you know um but i i do love hawaii i used to go there for uh, my previous career i used to go twice a year um, which I was very lucky to do, and just really fell in love with Hawaii and with the culture, with Polynesian culture, fell in love with the language and the people, um, did a lot of traveling there. You know, you get out of Waikiki and you go other places and you have a really amazing time. Um, and also, every time that I went to Hawaii, I can truly say that something magical happened to me every single time. Just, hmm. it's a really incredible place. Like magical, as in just like a feeling. Well, or a, like... a little. Sometimes, okay. but the feeling, the feeling all the time for sure. Aloha never leaves you. Um, but also, like it's, it's hard to explain. It's like you almost have to be there. Like there's just coincidences. There's hmm. things that happen. There's the way that the weather just suddenly turns for you. There's a magical hike that you go on and a vista that you have. Like just magical things happen. It's, 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 it's interesting. Anyways, 
Um, one of the things that um, people who are new to Hawaii when they first visit do is they like to take rocks because, of course, the Hawaiian islands are formed by volcanoes. There's volcanic rock literally all over the place. And yeah. If it's not volcanic rock, there's sand or there's black sand or green sand. So there's a lot of really interesting geology unique and yeah very yeah. unique and very interesting and you know listen hawaii is not cheap it's an expensive place to go visit your hotel is going to cost a lot your food costs a ton yeah the food there I, oh it's for, so expensive for listeners that don't know um producer michael and myself um, i actually honeymooned in um hawaii not on the same island as you but um we are on, on maui you are on maui um, but the only reason we got to do that is because Michael's parents have the kind of, it's not a timeshare, but they like have points. I don't know how it all it's works. It's like a hotel but, points kind but of thing. But literally that's the only reason we, and I think that you're in the same mind of if you weren't there for work, you probably wouldn't have been able to afford it. Oh no. It. And honestly, like just to put it in perspective, a carton of eggs on Maui, oh, because sure. we had a kitchenette in our hotel room yep. so that we could cook some of the times. A literal carton of eggs. How much is it here? Dollar ninety nine. Sure. In in Maui, it was like seven dollars. Oh yeah, for like, sure. It's insane. The the thing about Hawaii is that when you the further you get away from the resorts, the cheaper it is, of course. So like when I would stay on Oahu, I would go up to Haleiwa in the North Shore or like the towns that sort of surround it, and there it's a little cheaper. You can do things a little bit better, but. Um, just to point just, out, it just depends on if you have, uh, if you're buying it from like a local farmer or if it's being, cause the cost all comes with having to have it shipped in. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's, that's it's, why it's, it's an Island, yeah. but you know, all of that being said, it's, it's really about like, can you get a souvenir or not for, mm -hmm. for tourists? And so, you know, things are expensive. People pick up a rock, they take it with them. So that is part of Pele's curse. Ooh. So if you don't know who Pele is, Pele is the Hawaiian goddess of fire and volcanoes. She's also known as Tutu Pele or Madame Pele. Um, like and the, like Madame. Right? <laughs> Uh, I really put the French on that one. And the rocks and the sand belong to her. She's the one who shapes the earth, and the islands have their shape because of her. In fact, the word the Hawaii really means like the breath of God over the water. Um, and she lives uh, at the summit of Kilauea on Big Island. And so every year, thousands and thousands of tourists, they descend upon the islands. I used to be one of them. And many of them take rocks and sand home. And... Um, there is this belief that if you take the rocks and you take them home, you're going to be cursed and you're going to have bad things befall you. And there's he many, said, no, no. Yeah, right. And there's many, many stories of this happening. Um, but the curse, actually, is not quite as ancient as some people believe. And anthropologists have actually really dug into the curse of Pele, and they've traced the origins back to 1946 <laughs> when a park ranger tired of visitors taking rocks as souvenirs, created the story as the curse as a way of discouraging the practice. And this is coming from the Pacific Standard Magazine. And that's the earliest date that anyone has found. It predates the earliest newspaper mentions of the curse by a few decades. Hmm. And in an article for the Journal of Pacific Studies, uh, H. Arlo Nimmo notes a news story from 1974 about daily returns to the Volcano House Hotel 
Hotel, which is on Big Island, the Big Island of, of Hawaii. Um, another from 1976 about a package with nine pieces of lava sent from California to the mayor of Kona, Hawaii, as well as a report in 1978 about a family in Buffalo, New York, that had bad luck until they returned all the rocks they had taken from the island. Oh, so they sent them back. Yeah, and so okay. and so this is the thing is as of like the last like like decade Hawaii has actually been overrun by shipments of rocks really? that like come into the post office and come into places like the mayor of Kona hmm. and it's people from all around the world sending their rocks back hmm. and so it reminded me of when I first took rocks from Hawaii because I did um, on my first trip, you little bastard! <laughs> I know. My first trip, I did this awesome hike called Manoa Falls, and it's in the Manoa Valley um, on Oahu, right outside of. Well, it's in Honolulu. Um, so I took a couple of rocks from Manoa. I took a couple of rocks from Hanoma Bay, um, and uh, you know, my life was kind of rocky around then, anyway. <laughs> so I can't blame it on the rocks. But in 2017, oh, my life was kind of rocky. Get mm -hmm. it? Pun? Yeah. That's funny. I thought you meant that as a pun. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you, <laughs> you, know you didn't me. have to call it out. Anywho, okay. anywho. Um, in 2017, though, I did take my sister Rebecca with me on a trip. Um, and she stayed with me and we, you know, just had a bunch of fun, visited our cousins on Big Island. It was, it was a good time. Um, and she took some rocks home with her. And so she does believe that when she took those home, her luck really started to go down the drain. Oh, no. So much that she actually sent me her rocks and her shells that she took in the mail before I went on my second trip that year so that I could take them back with me. And oh. so I took all of our rocks, all of our shells. Um, it was it was more than I'm proud to say. Um, but I had them in my, in my suitcase, took them back on that next trip. And then I took them myself to Hanoma Bay. I had my own little ceremony. We wrote a letter to Pele that I burned on the beach. And that was it. I gave them back. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And um, there's, you know, the, the article that I, that I took this information from, once again, it's called Pacific Standard Magazine. Um, it's a great article. And they make a really good point about this, too. Um, the author says, what's done is almost always what we are trying to undo in terms of thinking about trying to put cursed objects back. Whether it's returning an Xbox or trying to restore a failed relationship, we want to believe that there is nothing without remedy. Not even death goes unmentioned in the return letters to Pele, as if resurrections were possible if only a lava rock found its way back to the volcano. Pele's curse is powerful because there will always be regret, and a few dollars worth of postage is a very small price to pay for revising it. Awesome. Just, I love it. It's really interesting. It reminds me, and I didn't put this down in my notes, so I'm going to do this all from memory. But yeah. um, it reminds me of when. Uh, oh no, we didn't. We didn't honeymoon in Hawaii. We got. It was your engagement. In yeah. <laughs> uh, we, I, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> we honeymooned in Key West. Yeah, right. Uh, but it reminds me of Robert the Doll in Key West, and Robert the Doll resides in a museum in Key West. And uh, you, we went on a tour and uh, a haunted tour, and it took us to Robert, and uh, he's creepy as fuck. But also, you have to respect Robert, um, and if you want to take pictures with Robert or of Robert, you have to ask permission. You better ask, bitch. And there is a uh, a screen in the same room as Robert that scrolls through all of these people that have written to Robert to apologize for not 
asking permission because things have gone wrong in their life after they didn't ask permission. Up, what is going to do? But uh, Key West, go there. It's really awesome. But I, I, I think it's a really interesting thing to think about reversing and and the the power that we put into things that we believe Mm -hmm. are cursed. And that's the the second thing I want to talk to you about. Well, and is, some people think that yeah. curses are only it's kind of like um with voodoo. Yeah. Like the curses only hold as much weight as the energy you're allowed to give. It, precisely. So and there's and, something to say for that. And the, and that that leads perfectly into my next uh, my next kind of story or just, you know, uh, uh, my 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 next report for you from from, from the front lines. <laughs> um and there's it's this article that I found from the New York Times last year by uh, Alicia DeSantis. And it's called The Weird World of Haunted eBay, Purchase with Caution. Oh, God. And so um, it, it's, it's... Do you just, still use eBay? I, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I but, it's been but, a long but time. But people do. People do. Um, and it just discusses this very strange world that I didn't honestly know existed. Um, and it, what it is, it's about this... Um, the article is about this artist named Eric Oglander. Could be pronouncing that incorrectly, but Eric Oglander. Yeah, whatever. And he became obsessed with these listings that he found on eBay of cursed and haunted objects. And these are items that have titles like haunted pirate ship, pirate spirits, brings money and riches. Interesting. You know, there's a whole sub um, genre. Fetish. Well, no, there's a whole sub genre of YouTube of people buying these things and then like trying to document. There's more haunted 16 inch spiritual doll, spirit vessel, supernatural paranormal power. Ooh, fun. Um, (laughs) Can you imagine going on eBay and you're like searching supernatural, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, Haunted spirit puppies, dog, puppy, animal, antique. That's the full title. Perfect. Or sometimes simply just haunted bones. Um, so he became obsessed with these because <laughs> someone just like takes like their their like rotisserie chicken yeah. and just like says like here's like, bones. Oop, this this bone haunted. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you about some haunted bones though that I've had in my life. Um, so he became obsessed with these things because he was looking at the listing itself as like a found work of art. And and okay. it, it, and it's really it's really cool the way he put this together in, in an exhibit. So you know you sh- you should check out the article which we will post. Uh, but he said that the listings uh, were their own way of containing a story and telling a story. One of the listings in the article is literally I'm not joking. Large size paranormal haunted box. It's a USPS shipping box. Oh, God. And it's 50 bucks. That's the Jesus. starting bid. Don't worry. There's two available. Some are far <laughs> no, there's more. There's 200 Oh, yeah. Boxes. Yeah. Don't Perfect. worry. Um, some are far more highly priced. Another 16 inch haunted spiritual doll spirit vessel, whatever that means, was $5,600. And there are 15 bids on it. Are you kidding? I'm me? not kidding you. Is one of them Zach Baggins? It probably is. He's going to buy it to <laughs> with make a haunted... film and then, and then destroy it, right? <laughs> with this haunted museum. Um, but DeSantis said, these claims are, of course, difficult to verify. eBay's rules dictate that all listings must offer a physical item or a tangible service. Many listings include disclaimers about the object's supernatural attributes. So like one of them says, as required by eBay's policy on the sale of paranormal items, this is for the sale of a tangible item only. No promise of a spirit attached. Are you serious? Totally not kidding. <laughs> Purchase with caution, writes one um, seller. Not recommended for children to play with. And DeSantis also peeks at the reviews from buyers. One person said, I'm disappointed. Nothing happened. <laughs> and another person said, 
Not haunted. Not sure how they ensure spirits go to the good people. One star. <laughs> yeah. So caveat emptor. Uh, from DeSantis also, in this context, buyer beware serves as both a disclaimer and as a potential selling point. Uh, as one listing put it, I do not take any responsibility for, if anything at all happens, blown fuses or divorces. Um, and <laughs> or that, if nothing happens. Right. And that item was a vintage teddy bear that sold for $560 after 46 bids. Oh, my gosh. So this is like a, a thing. Like, it, it's a thing. And, you know, it's a I, business. I thought it was a really interesting peek into the world of cursed objects because there's sure. a lot of obvious ways that we can go. But yeah. I found that and I was like, that's pretty interesting to think about. And this is like recent, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was last year. Oh, God. So, I mean, you should go I mean, go look on eBay. I just don't understand why. Okay, first of all, I don't understand why people could think that this is like an actual thing, like a, a USPS <laughs> box. But second of all, why do you want to buy a curse? <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing like, bad happened to me. What Sorry. do you think? I think that we should start like our own store of like haunted dildos. Sure. And like haunted like fleshlights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is the fleshlight of Brent Corrigan, but for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing. But for real. But for real. But <laughs> and butt is spelled B-U-T-T. Yeah, I get it. And then it's his butt. You you're doing a really good job today of calling out yeah, your, good. your puns. Good. So. I think I think that's better for everybody. <laughs> All right. Do you want what me do you to got? tell you some stuff? Yeah, tell me. All right. So the first one that I have is uh James Dean's cursed car. So James Dean also, I just want to say, you know he was gay. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He was gay. I don't know. We know this. Keep going. <laughs> so James Dean loved his 1955 Porsche Spider. He had it extensively customized and affectionately called it his little bastard. <laughs> See, now you know he's gay. <laughs> now you know he's gay. I guess, yes. Uh, apparently, the car was so um, transparently evil that Sir Alec Guinness, when meeting Dean for lunch, claimed, if you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by the next time next week. What's going by on this with this car? Why? Why? And Dean was. He was killed the next week. But why, why is it evil? Uh, so there's no way of knowing exactly where the evil started. It only started when James Dean was killed. So you're saying James Dean himself was an evil, cursed object. Or maybe it's his spirit carrying mm, on. Because if you think about where James Dean was in his career, uh, he was just getting popular. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even... Hit, uh, his most popular movie had not even released upon huh. when he died. So, maybe. I don't know. But um, on speaking of his death, on September 30th of 1955, the then 24-year-old actor uh, was killed in... I don't know how to say this name, so I'm just going to go with Cholamy. Cholamy? Cholame. Uh, California, uh, when the Porsche and keep in mind, he was like, and back roads, like yeah. this wasn't like a, like a freeway accident. This was like a back, you know, in the woods accident. That was um, 65 years ago this year. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Right? Wow. Um, he hit a Ford Tudor sedan at an intersection. The driver of the other car was a university student by the name of Donald Turnipseed. Turnipseed? Sounds hot. <laughs> Sounds fucking hot as fuck. <laughs> Donald Turnipseed, you sound so hot, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Hello, this is my boyfriend, Donald Turnipseed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he, he and the passenger of James Dean were both 
injured but were not killed. He was the only one that killed. The interesting thing is that the week prior, he had actually completed a safe driving PSA for the state of California. Oh my god. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You can look this up on YouTube. It's insane. Um, but the curse didn't stop there. When the mechanics tried to repair the wrecked car, it fell on one of them, crushing both his legs. The car's new owner sold the engine and drivetrain to two separate racers. One lost control, hit a tree, and died. Jesus. The other was injured when a car locked up and rolled over. When the, when his car locked up and rolled over. So the drivetrain locked up and wow. rolled over. Um, two thieves who tried to take pieces of the car were both injured. And it just keeps going from there. Uh, the car was then donated to a safety exhibit of the <laughs> California Highway Patrol. The first exhibit caught fire. Uh, that's and great. The, and the car on a, <laughs> fell on a student at the second, breaking his hip. It even managed to crush and kill a truck driver who was transporting it. First the car crashes, then it lights on <laughs> then fire, it then it goes off yes. the hill, then it goes in the river, <laughs> then it explodes. So this is James Dean's car. Wow. Um, the weird thing is that after that, someone bought it and it just disappeared. Like, nobody knows where this car is. Well, I know. The, 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 uh, one person does know. The person who bought it? Well, well actually, two people then. <laughs> uh, the person that bought it, but also the car knows. The that's car true. seems to be alive. So that's uh, even just a, a pinch of James Dean's cursed car. Wow. kind uh, of crazy. I love James Dean. Um, I think James Dean is super sexy. He always was. Total weirdo. I, I've only ever seen one movie. Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, I think that's the only movie I've seen. Oh my seen. god, he's so good. Um he's he's just like he's delicious. And you should look into all like the LGBT history that surrounds him because motherfucker was sucking that dick girl. He was a member of Sukadik like Suka before Deke. any of us were even born. born yeah. Sucking uh, that dick girl. So I just thought that that was really interesting and I really hadn't heard much about it. I mean, there's a lot of cursed objects that we've heard a ton about. I mean, I, I knew that he died that way and yeah. I knew kind of a little bit, but I didn't know all the rest of the crazy <laughs> shit. First it explodes, <laughs> yeah. then it hits the car, then it goes off the cliff. Um, so yeah. And I think that I, I tried to pick curses that were a little less obvious Yeah, just because I think we've heard enough about Annabelle. We've heard enough about yeah. the Dybbuk box. Annabelle. We get it. Girl, you wrote <laughs> like you're over. We get it. Oh, you're a scary doll. Like uh, literally we can sell you on eBay, bitch. Right. So the other one that I found was a British cursed object oh british yes i thought that you would like that well i really have learned to love london <laughs> so this is the curse of the crying boy paintings oh the crying boy daddy <clears throat> on september 4th 1985 the british tabloid the sun published a uh, an article called blazing curse the of the crying boy picture it sounds like a headline <laughs> from the sun that's for sure a story about a very unlucky painting that caused fires. And um, it was supported by the comments of a local fire station officer because he had said that, <laughs> why did I say it that way? He had said um, that he basically had seen all throughout the 80s uh, the late 70s and 80s that um, this painting had turned up <laughs> mysteriously unscathed in fires across it's, the it's US. Not, it's not funny, but it's also funny. It's insane. Everywhere I went, <laughs> There was a crying boy a crying painting. Boy painting. <laughs> um, so the history of the painting is that it's a, it's an odd relic of a mass printed art uh, that were readily available in stores. I can see it in my head right now. It's very interesting because when you and we'll put it on our Instagram. It's got brown hair, right? Yeah. And like just like big old eyes and shit. And it has like huge like 
blubbery tears. Yeah, like, well, as every child should have. Well, then we'll get more into that. Um, but it was readily available through the 1950s and the 1970s, which that's saying something about 1950s and 1970s art that you want up in your house, just well, crying children. I mean, kids kids were unhappy. <laughs> Can you? I mean, the parents, look, look, everyone was unhappy. It's a terrible time. <laughs> Things have changed so much. Um, <laughs> I have a picture of me crying. Um, the artworks bear the prominent signature of Giovanni Bragolin. Uh, rumors abounded he painted hundreds of crying children many of them street urchins damn i had to look up what an urchin was i didn't <laughs> know what that was not a sea urchin yes. but a street urchin but it was it's uh for people that don't know it's more of like a you know it's like a ragamuffin a, a person a, a child that ran the streets yeah like, like a little gypsy yeah um like how i grew up <laughs> yes so you're saying you're an urchin? Well, no, I was, I was a gypsy. Well, well not really, but uh, you get it. It was said in either Italy or Spain that he painted these uh, children. Finally, a 2000 book of creepy stories called Haunted Liverpool claimed that in 1995, a well-respected school teacher called George Mallory discovered that the painter was actually, uh, that the name was a pseudonym for uh, a man that was called Franchot. Franchot Seville. Wow. Seville. Seville. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Um, one of the urchins he painted. I hate that word. I just don't know what it I'm is. I'm a street urchin. <laughs> one of the urchins that he painted was a, of a boy named Don Bonillo, who accidentally started a fire in which his parents died in Spain. Mamma mia, get him a bed <laughs> that's, that's, that's Italian. <laughs> Whatever. We know so much about Europe here. Um, from then on, wherever the boy went, a fire followed, prompting his nickname, Diablo. Hey, there's that kid that killed his parents in a fire. Let's call him the devil. Some believe he was probably just trying to start a fire to keep warm. Hey, he just Diablo, get over here, buddy. Um, Tell some, us about that day you killed your parents. Some believe the boy was adopted against his will of a priest and was abused in the, by the painter. Oh, no. No, that's sad. That's in the awful. 1970s, the boy was consumed by a fire as oh, well. Oh, my God. This kid. In an explosion caused by a car Jesus. Accident. So this is how far this curse goes with so many people that have had houses that have burned down. The Sun, in, in its height of this um, article, basically says, listen, everybody, this curse has to end. Send us all of your crying boy paintings. What the, this is like a John Oliver episode right now. <laughs> so everyone did. They sent them the crying boy paintings. Come on. And they on the River Thames, they... Burned sackfuls of crying boy paintings. I mean, the the thing about the Thames too is that you could just put a match on the river itself, and it's probably going to light gonna go up. On fire. Um, they, yeah, I think. Then, then an officer said with relief, "I think there will be many people who can breathe a little easier now." Well, I'll tell you what. I got to get one of these paintings. <clears throat> Why do you want to wish a curse on yourself? I, I listen. I, I, we've got enough curses in my family. It's not gonna uh, one more isn't gonna hurt. If I'm being honest with you, <laughs> so um, I'm gonna get a crying. If you have a crying boy, I'm like I'm like John Oliver now. If, if you, you have, have a crying boy, a crying boy painting, um, let us know. I will um, possibly buy it off of you. We'll see. So yeah, I I will like. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. My house didn't catch on fire. <laughs> disappointed. Damn. One star. Would not buy again. <laughs> So, I mean, Andrew, are there any cursed objects that you have in your life? Um, no. Uh, I can't think of anything that I've equated to a curse. I used to have, a long time ago, a couple of wood carvings from my grandfather that hmm. I kept. Um, that I always felt like, like statue kind of things. You mean or yeah, like? Um, one was like a 
I don't want to say a jewelry box, but it was almost like a jewelry okay. box. Uh, but it had like his carvings in it. Yeah, sure. And then he had a couple of little statue carvings. Uh, I think they're with my parents now. But sure. um, it, it would, I always considered those as like my link to my grandfather because did, I didn't did, really get to know him that well. Did they feel haunted to you? No, it just felt like there was good energy around it. Hmm, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. What about you? Um, I, I'd say for me, like... Uh, all the objects, and I, I do have actually have like a, a lot of old objects from my family, like old tin type photographs, yeah. or like my grandpa's discharge papers from the fucking Spanish American War, sure. like like all of that kind of stuff. Um, for me, the only cursed object that I think that I maybe have, which I keep in like. I keep it in a drawer is are my engagement rings. I was, I was actually going to guess that. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I was engaged, I bought a, an engagement ring for me and one for Voldemort, who I was marrying at the time. Um, and uh, I have them both because he gave it to me uh, when he left. Um, but it's something that's, you know, it's weird. I've, I've taken them out of their boxes a couple of times over the past four years that mm-hmm. I've had them. And I've just looked at them. I did put mine on once again, just to like see what it felt like. But it's something that I'm really considering. Like, it, number one, like here's some news for all of you: don't buy expensive rings. And let me tell you why: um, because life is dumb, and you're going to try to sell them, and you're going to make literally nothing on them. <laughs> so I actually did take them to a pawn shop where I was offered ninety bucks for both of them, which is awesome. got some news for you: not what I paid. Yeah, um, so, rings and jewelry in general, they don't are hold not, value. they're not a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I've had a lot of thoughts since then, like, well, you know, like, would I ever use them again? No, I don't want to well, do that. Even if you did with um, men's rings, it's very yeah. hard to get them resized. Exactly. If you right. can at all. Exactly. So then I've also thought about like, well, I could take them both, melt them down, make like a signet ring for myself, which I actually would love to have like a cool like pinky ring kind of thing. But what does that but energy even, hold? Well, that's, that's the thing is, is I, I, I think of them as cursed objects. So I'm like, well, can I do that? And then I'm just kind of stuck with, what do I do with them? Because yeah. it's like, I'm not, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to give them away for 90 bucks. Like, right. I just think that's stupid. I'd rather bury them in the ground, which is what I might actually do one day. Is just like, be like, you know what? Fuck it. It's over. Take them to the cemetery. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Offer them to some ghost. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll talk to like a witch or something and see if we can get like, you know, whatever curse might be on them lifted and then I can make a new signet ring. That's not myself. a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Fun. But anyways, that's mine. If, we, if, you, if there's any psychics out there. <laughs> yeah, contact me. Let me know. And if you happen to also be a jewelry maker, that is double. Um, so I think, folks, that's it for our initial segment. So we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk eventually about what you've been watching, bitch. We interrupt this podcast for a special and chilling report. Be on the lookout for a convict that has just broken out of the local penitentiary. Bert Spencer, a.k.a. the Bushwhacker Killer, has escaped and should be considered very dangerous. He has already taken the lives of 30 ungroomed victims. Oh my god, Andrew, did you hear that? The Bushwhacker Killer is back on the loose. What are we going to do? Oh, Maddie, he only goes after people that don't keep their nether regions tidy. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm all trimmed up down there. But I'm too scared to get any sort of blade near my private parts. I always cut myself, and it soon starts to look like a horror movie down there. 
Oh, do I have something for you? Have you heard of Manscaped? Manscaped? What's that? They have this amazing product called the Lawnmower 3.0 that has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. And seriously, Maddie, even me, Shaky Hands McGee, I didn't cut myself once. And let me tell you, considering I don't wear underwear most days anymore in the pandemic, it feels damn nice. Oh, wow. This does sound like something I could use, but what makes it so different from all the other trimmers out there? Well, the Manscaped engineering team is obsessed over technology developments and aim to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And they spent 18 long months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And unlike my iPhone 6 battery, this lasts up to 90 minutes and it's waterproof so you can take it in the shower with you. Oh, awesome. No mess all over the bathroom floor. But it's so hard to see down there. Well, lucky for you, it even has a built-in LED light. Also, the Bushwhacker Killer is on the loose, so you need to get on this. You're right. Where can I get one? Well, you're in luck. Just head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FRIGAY. That's manscaped.com and use the code FRIGAY. Wow, 20% off and free shipping? That is amazing. Because we all know you can't get slayed unless you get groomed. Manscaped, go from... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What you been watching, bitch? You've never done it that way before. I try to mix it up. Good for you. (laughs) What you been watching? Bitch. So this is the part of the show where we literally talk about what we've been watching. Yeah. So, be ready. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie, why don't you go first? Um, I'm going to start with, um, I'll start with this one, a really crazy one. Um, it's called The Third Day on HBO. I have this on my um, DVR. Yeah. I'll I have be, not I'll, watched it yet. I'll be interested to see what you think about it. Um, it is, uh, it's really good. And it's also very weird. It is oh, a no. it's a really weird show. I'm tired of weird. <laughs> um, but like weird in a very different way. It, it takes place on the real island of Osi, um, which is in Essex in England. Um, it's this island that you can only get to when the causeway opens, and the causeway only opens when the tide is down. So okay. you can get there for like two hours every day, and you can only get out for those two hours. It's every like day. that movie, uh, The Woman in Black. Yeah, right. Where the swamp rises. And so Jude Law is in this. A bunch of other really great actors. It is superbly acted. I feel like Jude Law has just like given over his career uh, to HBO. <laughs> this is this is really really wild and wacky for him. Um, it's I, I don't want to tell you a whole bunch. Like uh, you know, it's it is. Do you a, recommend it? Yeah, without okay. a doubt. It's it's it's. Um, it, it, this isn't giving anything away because you're going to get it right from the beginning. Trust me. It's a little bit like Wicker Man in a lot of ways. Okay. And it has that feel and it's in England. So it has that feel even more. It's really good. I'm just saying it's, it is weird. Just get, if you're going to watch it, I just, my advice to you is just give yourself over to it. Like, okay. Don't ask a bunch of questions. Don't whatever. Just go for the ride. Is it done? It's, it's not done. Okay. No, no, it, it is still going. In fact, I just watched, I think, episode four. So like, and I think it's coming out in like, in like triads. So it's like, there's the first one and then 
like the second one just started and then then there will be the third one i'm pretty sure okay um but it's i it's, think i i kind of got that impression when they were doing the yeah. marketing for it so that's why i was like you know what i'm just going to record all this yeah that's and a good just idea. like watch it when i'm ready yeah it's it's a really interesting show um i want to go to that island really bad now so yeah huh. watch it it's uh the third day on hbo cool um my first one is i don't i forget if they say babysitter 2 or if it's just babysitter killer queen i think it's babysitter 2 Killer Queen. Killer Queen. I think so. It's the second babysitter. (laughs) Yeah. With the uh, secondary title, Killer Queen. Right. Um, This is the continuation of the babysitter story. Haven't watched it yet. uh, You haven't watched it? Not yet, I know. I've been busy. Um, It's on Netflix. It came out a couple weeks ago. Um, I will say it's a fun second installment installment of this series sure um it's gory and like fun gory of course um it doesn't make a ton of sense at the onset i mean does it have to well because and this isn't spoiling anything but nobody believes him that this happened but if you remember in the first movie like cops die yeah so he drives a car into a fucking house so that's a little like Mm, okay but once you get over that it's kind of a fun it's a fun ride uh it's not gonna be anything that's gonna change your life but uh i had fun on a friday night with some cocktails watching it well there you go that's fun so babysitter two killer queen on netflix my next one is tehran from apple tv plus um still don't have that (laughs) yeah right right um so uh, tehran is uh, um tehran is good um if you like spy kind of stuff you're gonna like it um, it, 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 at first I was a little weird about like, sort of like the Israel and like yeah. every kind of, kind of bit about it. Like really. So it's about that city, right? Well, yeah, it, it's okay. about, it's about Tehran in, yeah. in, in, in Iran. Um, and it is about, um, it's about Mossad trying to carry out a, uh, mission and, and Mossad is like the, mm-hmm. it's like the CIA of Israel, <laughs> um, trying to carry out a mission in Tehran. And it just goes from there. It, it's, it's pretty good. Um, it's, mm. it's a good show. Uh, it's fun to watch. Like I said, if you're into spy stuff, you're going to like it. Okay. It's, it's not done yet. I, th- I think I just watched episode four. So probably episode five is coming up. Um, but yeah, if you're into it, you might like it. Yeah. It doesn't really sound like something for me. You're not into spy stuff like nah, that. That's nah. not your thing. Um, my second one is on Hulu. It is the Halloween release of a well, October release, I guess I should say, but um, Clive Barker's Books of Blood. Yeah. Um, I was really looking forward to this. Yeah. It's very Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the one story about how the books are made. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I found it very cheesy and um, kind of <sighs> just like it's over the top in that way that Clive Barker stuff always is. I just don't understand why we can't get like a really good director. I don't know. And a really good producer. And, and it's not like some B-rate Canada kind of shit. I like, don't, why can't we do that with Clive Barker? I don't understand. I don't understand like why. Okay, so like let's let's be honest here. Clive Barker's probably done making movies. So, But he has all these stories that... Why can't we just make something good I, out of it? I don't. I don't know. But it, I, I, I watch this too, and I think it's cheesy. Yeah, I, I thought I thought some parts were good. I didn't think it was awful. I no, just, it's not awful by I any just means. Think it's, I just think it's cheesy. Like, like in the same way, I think a lot of Clive Barker shit is cheesy. And like, yeah. look, I love Hellraiser. It's part of the canon. Cool, all of it. Blah blah blah. blah. But like I've said before, like 
the motherfucker needs a reboot and mm-hmm. it needs like and it needs good actors it needs good direction it needs like i don't know i don't know yeah i liked, it's tough i i liked watching it but i at no point was like freaked out or like really intrigued or like it was just kind of like okay this is happening to me. yeah you know what it felt like to yeah. me it felt and i just put this together i we watched this last weekend it felt like tales of halloween that's the level that it felt to me. Yeah, Tales of Halloween, um, which I enjoy, but it's still got this it, weird it, thing about it. Tales of Halloween, like I love Alex Esso in it, of course. I love Alex Esso in literally everything, um, but like uh, it's cheesy too. But it's got that same feel. Yeah, and like don't get me wrong, sometimes cheesy is fun, but I just in general I don't want that. Yeah, for me. For me, I see. I get more enjoyment out of it than you do. Like on most of those, that's because you're a cheesy so. person. Anyways, Thanks. moving on <laughs> to the y'all. next. I'm joking. To my next selection, um, my next one is Alone: The Arctic, mm-hmm. um, which I actually watched a bit ago, but I forgot to talk about it in our last <laughs> in our last episode. Um, Alone: The Arctic is on Netflix. It was on Netflix, right? Uh-huh. I'm not crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because it's one of those shows that has been on for like five seasons, but, but they, not until now. But they just yeah. randomly put the sixth season on Netflix. Um, I loved Alone. You know, I'm not a huge reality show person. I, uh, I used a, to be, but I'm it's I'm not. not this anymore. is more survival. Well, but no, no. But hear me out. It, it's definitely a reality show, like without a doubt. But the great thing is that it's not some show where it's like these contrived crazy challenges and like putting people against each other. It's just people trying like literally trying to survive in the Arctic by themselves. That's it. It's a great show. I thought it was especially kind of neat to watch during quarantine Mm because you're alone. Get it. You're alone forever. Anyways, um, I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed how it ended. I thought that the person who won should have won. And that's it. You should watch it yeah, alone. I watched, the Arctic. I watched this as well, and it was crazy. The yeah. things that these people did, not only to survive, but just like for instance, this one guy literally shoots a squirrel out of I a know. tree with a bow and arrow. Yeah, in in, his, like in in the squirrel's ears, dude. Yeah, I mean, like it's insane. Gets it. So oh, it's God. it's a lot. And what was the one woman that like? turned out the rabbit's stomach to eat what they ate. Yeah. She she <laughs> ate she ate what was inside the intestines. That's insane. This thing is insane. But I mean that's that hey, if you want to live, you know. I I get it. Um okay, my next one is my highest recommendation I will give anything of this whole year. <laughs> okay. It is Pen 15 season 2 on Hulu. This show especially and for anybody that's watched it the witch episode where they think that they have powers is if this doesn't win an Emmy, I don't know what does That's hilarious because it is Quint. If you don't know what pen 15 is, it's essentially these two grown women who grew up in the nineties and they are playing kids in the nineties, but they're the only adults oh and my God. everyone else is properly aged kids. I'm telling you, I can't recommend this enough. Okay. It is so fucking funny. You get, you get an A plus over here. It is, and it is, but it's not only just funny, but it's also touching because it yeah. goes on certain um, things like going through puberty and yeah, like sure. your parents getting divorced and like all these kind of things that are kind of just like 
very delicately placed within like yeah. this like humor subversively that you find yourself like cracking up and then almost on the verge of tears in the same episode and you're like what's Damn. happening what's happening right now wow. but if you've not watched pen 15 there is an episode in season one where they watch wild things for the first oh time. Oh my god! <laughs> and I think we can all kind of I remember, understand that. I saw wild things in the theater, and then I went to Baker's Square with my friends after. Perfect. Um, I can't recommend enough. Please check it out. Pen fifteen on Hulu. It needs a third season, so give it a watch. My final uh, pick is one that I also recommend very, very highly, and I had not watched it until this week. We need to talk about Kevin. Um, I still with, not watch this with movie. Tilda Swinton. Um, I watched it. I, I have Criterion Channel, so it was on Criterion. Uh, it is on Criterion, I should say. Um, it's really good. the the only The only thing that I would change is like I, I wouldn't cast John C. Riley necessarily, but Ezra Miller is wickedly good in that role. Tilda Swinton is fucking fantastic, as you might guess. And the movie itself is incredibly disturbing, as you also might guess. And I think that I probably didn't see it back when it came out because, I don't know, that was sort of like peak school shooting life back then. And um, I just kind of skipped it, I guess. But it's really good. It is very interesting. It's disturbing. It's chilling. I, I can't say enough about it. You should you should watch it. It's really well done. I'll tell you why I have not seen this movie yet. Because when it very first came out, I saw that it was based on a book. And I wanted to read the book. Yeah. And I started to read the book, and I fucking hated it. Mm, interesting. So I never got to the movie. Mm. The book is written in a letter format. Like she's that like, makes sense. Like she's like writing a letter to someone, yeah. like confessing like what happened. And it makes, blah, blah, that blah. makes total sense to me. And I just could not get into it. What I, what I can tell you is that the movie is not that. Yeah. And it's, I, I've always meant to go back. I, it yeah. was just kind of one of those things where I kind of got uh, distracted yeah. because I wanted to read the book. And there's yeah. a lot of times where... Like Little Children, for instance. I wanted to sure. read that book before that movie came out. Or Lovely Bones. I wanted yeah. to read that book before the movie came right. out. And this one, it just never, it didn't, I didn't like the book, lovely, so I never got back to lovely it. Lovely Boners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. It's on Criterion for sure. It's probably on something else yeah, too. Sure so you should watch it. My final one is the new Shutter release. Well, new as of last week. Um, I have not watched the new one this week. Uh, on Shutter, this is called Scare Me. Scare Me is about um, two authors that meet uh, while they are both um, having um, sex. No, no, no. They meet while they're having like uh, a, like a book writing weekend. Like they rented like a, a, like, like a writer's retreat. Like they rented cabins up in the woods, two separate. Like sure. it's not like a bunch of people. It's just these randomly these two authors yeah. rented cabins by each other, and they meet while running. Huh. And then in the middle of the night. Or not in the middle of the night. In the night. The power goes out. And so the one author comes over and like talks to the other author so they can like share resources. And they come up with this game where they're like, well, we're both authors. We both, one is, one is obviously way more successful than the other. Sure. Um, But they're like, let's tell each other scary stories. And so the rest of the movie is them telling each other scary stories. And it's it's funny the way that they do it, because you're meant to believe that this is going to be an anthology where maybe they start to tell the story and then it cuts to them, like acting out the yeah, you know sure. what I mean but it really it stays with them in the cabin but like certain little things will happen like huh. there's like lighting decisions that will happen like the one guy tells a story about a werewolf and you like kind of see a werewolf hand oh at that's one cool point. I like that it's really interesting I don't think it's going to be for everybody yeah I found it very charming and like very fun um, it didn't necessarily go 
the way I thought it was going to go. And the ending was a little out of left field. Um, but it, and it's mostly like a very small cast. I think there's four or five people. Yeah, in this sure. movie. Um, but at one point a pizza delivery man shows up, they do cocaine. It's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> um, this, I, I would say I recommend it. It's definitely a movie for me. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's going to love it as much as I did, Yeah, sure. but I really enjoyed it. So that's Co- scare Co- me. Cocaina. Cocaina. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. That's all. It, of, right? That's, that's all of the watch. We did it. Yes. There's obviously more, but you know what? We only got so much. Yeah. Time we, in this listen, world. We, uh, max of four. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. all we get. So what are we doing next? So we will take a break, and we will come back with our first movie of the episode, The Ring. You can pick something. I don't care. Any idea how many electro rays are traveling through our head? Every second. I got a better one. Mm. Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What kind of tape? A tape. A regular tape. People run it. I don't know. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. Then suddenly, this woman comes on, smiling at you, right? Seeing you through the screen. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. And exactly seven days later. Who told you that? Somebody from Rivera. Who told you? What's your problem? I've watched it. It's a story, Katie. No, me and Josh, we saw it last weekend. I thought you were with your parents. Uh, I wanted to tell you. You were with Josh all Some weekend? of his friends got this, this place up in the mountains. They were trying to record a football game. I guess the reception was so bad. What are you talking about? Listen to me. When we played the tape, the game wasn't there. It, it was... What? What was it? It was something else. And now, for our first film... The ring. Andrew, put on the ring. Tell us about the ring. (laughs) Put a ring on it, as you will. There we go. That's it. (laughs) Before you die, you see the ring. It sounded like just another urban legend, a videotape filled with nightmarish images leading to a phone call for telling the viewer's death in exactly seven days. As a newspaper reporter, Rachel Keller was naturally skeptical of the story until four teenagers all met with mysterious deaths exactly one week after watching just such a tape. Allowing her investigative curiosity to get the better of her, Rachel tracks down the video and watches it. Now she has just seven days to unravel the mystery of... The Ring. Seven Days. Directed by Gore Verbinski, written by Aaron Kruger, Koji Suzuki, and Hiroshi Takahashi. Music by Hans Zimmer. Rachel is played by Naomi Watts. Noah is played by Martin Henderson. Aiden is played by David Dorfman. Richard Morgan is played by Brian Cox, of all people. Anna Morgan is played by Shannon Cochran. Samara is played by Devi chase and katie is played by amber tamblin and we also get an adam brody we do in a weird cameo it's like it's it's the dumbest cameo of all time but there you go rated pg-13 clocks in at about 115 minutes made in the usa mostly washington oregon and california released on october 18th of 2002 on a 48 million dollar budget this baby made a cumulative gross of 249 million it blew it out of the park god it's almost it's almost 20 years old that's crazy that's 
which is also the age when I saw it. So what is your history with The Ring? Did you see it when it first came out? Oh, was yeah. Was this like a well, first time you watch? Know, all, all, all that kind of shit. I, I can't remember the actual moment that I saw it. Like, I can't remember what theater I was. I was, I was probably, in, I must have saw it at college, I would, I would imagine. I definitely worked at a Best Buy at this point oh, in my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I probably saw it at college. Uh, we probably went to the college mall in Bloomington to see it, Bloomington, Indiana. Um, you know, the, the, the film is, um, you know, it's sort of a classic film now in a lot of ways when you think mm-hmm. about it. Like I, uh, you now, know, bef- before we get into ring really quick, just yeah. before, have you seen Ringu? I have. Okay. Yeah. I just have. wanted to know. Um, and also those are all on shutter right now, aren't they? Yeah. You don't really need to watch them though. <laughs> yeah. But, but they are, they are there. Yeah. Um, they're a mess. I think Ringu is actually really good. No, Ringu is amazing. Ringu is really good. Beyond that, they just, they, I haven't watched those. They mess with the, um, the history so oh, much that yeah. it just becomes so jumbled and messy. And, That's too much. Yeah. yeah. Ringu, I think actually does a really great job of, um, Ringu is a lot more sinister. The, yeah. That, that, that's what I would say yeah. too. And it creates a, a spookiness that is very different than what you find in the ring. Although if you haven't seen Ringu yet, you will find many of pretty the much things, the yeah. exact same shots even. Except like it's, the ending is slightly different. Oh yeah. For and sure. Slightly darker. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. So, um, but you know what? I, when I think about the ring now, like, I, I, listen, I think I've seen this a ton. You've seen this a ton. A bunch of us have seen this a ton. I, I the the um, the scare quality, the freaky quality for me, that's definitely gone down over the past eighteen years. Let's yeah, face it. But this is this is of a time too. Like this is when we were obsessed with like ghosty movies. Yeah, sure. Movies like The Grudge and House on Haunted Hill and yeah. like and, and I'm not downing any of that. All all I'm trying to say is is like when I think about this movie critically now, like it is um from a perspective that I'm trying to put myself back into the place when I did first see it, right? So, like, you know, when I first saw this thing, yeah, it was totally scary. Yeah. You know, like, it freaked me out. If I think it freaked everybody out. I remember when we, and this is, like, a weird memory. I don't know why it stuck with me, but we were in a team meeting at Thus Best Buy. Yeah. And we were talking, and my manager had gone and seen it the night before. Yeah. And he said, it, he he was like, be ready because this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> I, I, I think that I probably felt the same way when I first saw it. I, I remember, too, when it came out on DVD, my mom bought one for, like, all of us because even, like, she loved it, you know? So it's it's just, it's just one of those things. And then I just want to say that because, you know, sometimes with classics like this, you have to kind of put yourself back in that mode sure. when you first saw it. That's all. I, th- I think it's a very well-made movie. The direction on it is, is excellent. Yeah, it's Gore Verbinski, um, yeah. The only thing, and this was only because it's of a movie of its time, is I hate these movies that put, like, kind of this color filter over their movie but that was also that yeah i know and and the ring doesn't do it as harshly as like maybe some of the saw movies have done but like it's definitely like noticeable and like but the way that they weave in a lot of the um a lot of the things in this movie like it's always wet everywhere it's always either raining or wet or like that plays into it everything in the videotape is played 
off in some way in the movie, which I think is really smart. What I don't think is really smart is that when you show us that you don't need to cut to a part of the, of the, of the movie. Like, right. We watched the video. Yeah. We know that it's there. We get that this enormous ladder means something. (laughs) Yeah. The enormous ladder in the middle of nowhere, by the way, (laughs) like, I I think we understand it. Like we get it. This is, this is of a time though, where you had to like over explain to your audience. Or I think if they remade this movie now, it'd be a little bit more, um, subtle. Well, I, I think also like the 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 video is definitely like uh, an art student at the art institute. Like yeah. this is his video <laughs> project. You know what I mean? Oh God, like, have you seen? Uh... It would probably be a little less um, hammer you over the head if this were to be rebooted. I do remember though when I got the DVD. This was one of those DVDs that had like a secret in it. Do you, oh, do you like, remember those? Like, like an Easter egg? Yeah, like where yeah. You, if you clicked a certain way at, yeah. at a certain point, and it had a you could. You would literally show you the ring video. Oh. You couldn't fast forward it. Huh. You couldn't stop it. You couldn't rewind it. What? It just played all the way through. And at the end, the phone would ring. And it was did like. You, but did your real phone ever ring? No. Damn. But I thought that that was kind of ingenious on the on a DVD format. <laughs> Seven days. Because have you ever seen uh, the third rings? You know, so um, after I watched Ring, um, which I also own. I thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch Ring 2 because I can't really remember what happens in it. Yeah. But then I, I couldn't find it for free anywhere. And I was like, I'm not going to eh, pay for this. I don't feel like paying for it. And I can't remember how I felt about Ring 2. I don't. I really don't remember how I how I liked it or if I didn't like Ring it. Ring 2. Rings I didn't see, though. Ring 2 is more about um, Samara. Uh, becoming the son. Becoming him. Yeah, right. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's not great, but it's not awful. I mean, I'm not super into that premise, if I'm being honest with you. The third one that just came out a couple years ago is awful. Yeah, it I, is I have no desire awful. to see that. I have no desire. It's basically about this professor. Is it like social media now or something? He makes it, he puts it on YouTube. Oh. So there well, you go. guess what? Here goes everyone's phone bill. I right. mean, like, come on. Um, so anyway, back and to And also, the... did they did they get texts? Like, I mean, who answers their phone anymore? I know. Right? Like <laughs> she just sends a text seven so, days. Like, unless it's my mom calling me, I'm probably not picking up that fucking phone. Also from like an unregistered number, you're like, Yeah, no, I'm good. Totally. <laughs> it, it reminds me too of like when you're dating well, you haven't done this for a while, but like when you're dating somebody and the first time they call you, you're like, Why are you calling me? Like, <laughs> could you just could you just text me, please? I really don't want to talk to you on the phone. Um, anyway, but The Ring is uh, its a movie that I think is very well done. It's, it just yeah. shows, like you said, some of its age. Exactly. Um, but I, overall, I still had a really fun time going back to it. It's been a couple years since I've seen this movie. Sure. So it was fun to go back to that time. In, Same in for film. me, too. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think the kid's a little... Pr- over precocious for his own good. I I do agree with that. I, I wish that they would have just like made him just be more of a kid. Yeah. Well, I think that's supposed to be like, because she's so busy with work, he's yeah. had to like raise himself. Basically. That's like kind of the, the whole thing. I mean, um, I get it. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I think it would have been more effective. That's and he's all. not, he's not really in it that much. So there is one part though, where thanks Rachel, where she comes home. I forget what's going on, but she comes home and she just is like, go to your room. Oh. And like the way that he reacts is just like, oh, go to your room <laughs> now. Yeah, it was just like, it caught me off guard. Um, there is some weird, like, like I said earlier, Adam Brody plays like this character that has like 
one soliloquy and like that's it. Yeah, and it's I'm like, like what it's are you like doing nothing. here? <laughs> I, I, and I, like, was he? What was he in before that? Anything really? I mean, the OC, right? I guess. This but is OC is that time. It? This is OC time. I don't know. You know what? It's a long time ago. It's honestly kind of hard to remember that far back. The OC was a huge show. Though. Well, you don't know for sure, for sure. But are you looking? At, are you looking at your tome of notes right now? Yeah. What did you write down? I wrote a lot, actually. Um, let's see here. <laughs> I like at the beginning when the one girl, Becca, is like, she's telling her the story of the the, the ring, or yeah. of the videotape. Right. And she's like, I don't, people read it. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what? That <laughs> was stupid. <laughs> um, I do think some of the scenes in that opener are really uh, effective. Like when she sees kind of like a ghostly reflection in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, or in the, in the TV like, screen. If we're being honest, the... the... The scariest part of the film is the opener. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the same way in Ringu, too. Uh, well, it's the same way in Ringu. Also. Not Ringu, <laughs> too. I don't, I don't mean that. Um, but yeah, the, the opener is, 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 is scary. Yeah. Like, the, watching it happen and thinking about, like, the way that it used to be, too, with, like, you know, we didn't all have cell phones back then. Right. Like, a lot of people did. But, you know, if you think about Ringu, that was 97, I think. So, like not everyone had a cell phone. I for sure did not have one. So like the idea of like going to a physical phone and picking it up and like those phones just rang and rang and rang. You know what I mean? Uh, there was something terrifying about that. There was something terrifying about the oh, ghost. No one's voicemails ever picked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know it, it's, it's scary. I think it's the scariest part of the film. Um, I think it's funny that um, the, teacher at the beginning who kind of like scolds yeah. Rachel for it. she has this enormous folder <laughs> of his of Aiden's drawings and I'm like do they learn anything in this yeah, school or, or do you they just draw, draw all day yeah you're like just fucking like making pencil drawings over here um, I thought it was funny that um, she finds and this is like a relic of its time we don't even have this anymore but when she finds the photo processing receipt yes. and you're like oh you had to go to the photo processing place or, or just like all the stuff in general like yeah. all all the vhs stuff and the big equipment that was around to like rewind and go this way and like stretching the film stretch the film out <laughs> like there was just there was so much going on there um and when she was in the studio like with the little microphone thing coming out that, that, it was a it was a, a bit of a uh, a time machine yeah and how you had to like uh record a tape to a tape yeah like type right. of thing yeah <laughs> um which becomes her saving grace i think that the freak one of the freakiest parts for me and this always kind of freaked me out and i never know why and i kind of don't still don't understand the part to okay. this day is where she plucks the fly out of the video oh cuz it's well it's disgusting and it freaked me out but i'm like what does that mean what it means is that was actually the precursor to mike pence at the debate <laughs> This week, that, that's what that actually was. I, I think some of that's the, Samara coming after. His I think ass. some of the directorial uh, things that happen, like for instance, when she's in the cabin, you you can mark the time of day because of the way the sun goes sure. through this like enormous yeah. tree, which actually is a Japanese maple. Oh, really? So that was an interesting touch. Well, good for them. Smart choice, Gore. Um, the uh, the one scene that still gets me to this day is the horse scene. I at that. The horse thing is a lot. Um, oh, you mean the horse in the boat, of course. Yeah. The, so the horse uh, essentially gets free from its uh, carrier, from yeah, its like trailer, it's like from a trailer. trailer. Yeah. Uh, and the saddest part, though, is that the the little girl's like my horse, and then the horse jumps off the boat, 
sinks. That's disturbing. Brutally sinks underneath the boat and then gets cut up in the propeller. And the little girl sees the whole thing. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, oh my God. But, like, it, it reminds you too, like, don't fall off a boat. Because that's going to happen to you. And then um, I do think it was funny, um, and this is only because of the time we're living in right now, when she goes to see the psychiatrist uh, on the island, and she says verbatim, on an island, one person gets a cold, the whole island gets a cold. And I was like, hmm, sounds like nowadays. Maybe y'all on an island should wear your fucking masks. Because, you know, uh, North and South America, if you look at it as a whole, is an island. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I marked that as well. Yeah. It, it is interesting to see how, you know, in the time that we live in, there are a lot of marks in various films that, you know, sort of... I don't know, sort of call it out to you a little bit further. You look at it differently. Exactly, yeah. right. So and that, that, that was an interesting point. Uh, I think Brian Cox is totally... Miscast? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I too. think he's way over the top. But I, I don't know why they cast him. I don't either. I mean, I, it's, it's not even his fault. Like, I mean, he's Brian Cox. He, <laughs> he can't do anything else but be... It's, it's like if they put Anthony Hopkins in that role. Right. Like, what, why would you do that? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think it's funny, though, after that they... After they witness him electrocute himself with the most elaborate electrocution scene and like ever seen. it didn't need to be you can just do like, like a hair dryer it doesn't need to be like you your whole entertainment system all of that you know and also like i was thinking too like motherfucker you left the water running yeah like, someone has to turn that off now you get that right yeah um after he dies uh they don't immediately call the police no they go investigate the barn yeah i know <laughs> i know i was like call the police motherfuckers right. I realize it's an island. It's probably going to take them hours to get there, but you need to call the police that a man has been electrocuted. They find this little tiny bedroom for little Samara Mm -hmm. up at the top where she was kept. Um, I, I, I remember distinctly when they take her out of the well and they kind of like go back to the, the apartment and like, he says like, call me tomorrow or call me someday. I legitimately remember thinking, okay, we're done. That That's the end. Right, that's yeah. The oh, end oh, of the story. Oh, same, same for me. And then it goes on for like another half an hour. I know. <laughs> I, I even at that point like clicked on my little Apple TV remote just to see how long I had. I was like, oh, okay. Well, not Strap getting Strap in, yet. folks. Let's go get some more chips. Because then Sounds I think for, for a majority of people, the most scary scene happens yeah. with, you know, our character of... Noah? Noah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he That's gets... a pretty gruesome death. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad and he was cute too well and the thing the thing i liked about Do you like how i always say that about characters i'm like oh he was cute that sucks i mean he was noah's cute the thing i like about his character is that he starts off as your typical what the fuck are you talking about naomi wants blah 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 but then all of a sudden he's like i believe you yeah i'm gonna help you yeah and i'm like wow that's a nice turn nice it's nice usually it would just be like Damn, it'd be like uh, what lies beneath. Yeah, like damn, bitch. You, it's what are you crazy? It's nice not to have the foil. Like, yeah. can't we just like get this? You know, let's get this party started, right? Kind of thing. And they go on their whole adventures. Agreed. Of, adventures of seven days, essentially. <laughs> seven days. Uh, I do. I do like how everything is paid off in some way, shape, or form. Like, we figure out 
why is it seven days? Oh, it's because that's how long she lived in the well until she actually like succumbed yeah. to like her uh, seven days, her whatever death. And her bitch is trying to claw her way out I and know. shit. Jesus. And that's like why the fingernails and I, like the only one that doesn't make a ton of sense to me is the centipede, but that's that's fine. It just looked creepy. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it is interesting to look at some of the um, some of the the, the the trivia of the film. Um, just thinking about like Brian Cox. Jennifer Connelly was offered the role, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Beckinsale, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't think any of them would have been good. Um, Not for this role. Maybe Jennifer Connelly. Maybe Jennifer Connelly. But That's the, like the, the rest. One. I mean, she he, could you imagine do, Gwyneth Paltrow in that role? Yeah. Come on. She went on to do uh, Dark Water. Yeah. yeah which is another enough. Japanese remake, which everyone else seems to hate. I kind of don't hate that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fine. It's kind of sleepy, but yeah. other than that, I kind of like it. I mean, good for her. Good other. for her. But I think Naomi Watts was, was, the, was the best choice when it came down to it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, as I said before, the fiery red leaves uh, are the Japanese maple, which the fruit of that tree is called a Samara. Really? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Now that's cool. Um, upon its first week of release in the U.S. and Canada, select cinemas put actual copies of the cursed uh, videotape in the theater. Now that's smart. Like under under like things and stuff. I wonder if you can buy that on eBay. Probably. <laughs> I also read that they distributed it at like certain concerts and like kind of just like viral sense. marketed it. Yeah. Which maybe has led to why it's done so well. <laughs> I mean, I remember that shit with like Blair Witch Project too. Yeah. Um, the type of ghost that Samara is, is in Japanese is a Sadako, which is also what the grudge is, if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's based on a mythical Anrio, a Japanese ghost that, sorry, and I'm not Japanese, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering these sayings, but uh, a Japanese ghost that manifests after dying in the grip of a powerful rage and returns as a very pale and physical ghost to seek vengeance on the living because they had their life taken from them. That's going to be the kind of ghost that I am. I I can see it. Like seeking fucking (laughs) vengeance on shit. Um, Speaking of... Samara's psychic abilities are known as anensha, which is a form of spirit photography that enables someone to burn images from their mind onto the solid surface just by thinking about them, explaining why her adopted parents suffered nightmares and bad visions. Oh, there you go. Um, This is also how she burned images onto the videotape uh, that Katie and her friends used to copy a sports game on in the TV. So I thought that that was interesting. That's interesting. That's like, it's all of this is, and this is something that's very cool about Japanese horror and about Korean horror. And it about, comes from a deep history. It comes from something. Yeah. Like a lot of the things in the US, like we just either make it up or like come up with some weird thing. Well, because we don't have anything. So like, but when you go to a culture that is so old, yeah. like in, in, Jap- in Japan, I was going to also say Japan, <laughs> like in Japan, they, they have like these old stories that you can right. create new stories with, which yeah. I really like. Well, and, and the other part of it, too, is that the, the, the Japanese people that see it know the legends. Right. So it's like doubly interesting and probably scary for them, too. Right. Um, there is a theory about how Samara kills her victims. Tell us what it is. Um, it, it's said that she mentally projects all of the images from the cursed videotape into the victim's mind all at once, causing an intense mental overload, which literally causes them to internally explode, leaving their external bodies seemingly rotten and dried as a result of the overload. Jesus. So that explains kind of, and I will say that when I was younger, the parts that really haunted me was when they do show those bodies that are all like dried out and gross. Yeah. Oh, just freak me well, out. It's, it, and that part is still freaky. Yeah. Truly but, is, but they're crazy, crazy ass faces and shit 
I feel, yeah, and I feel so bad for the uh, Katie's parents at the beginning. They do such a good job with grief right there. The mom is just like kind of like existing or no it's, it's the, the dad that's just like existing it's really like, sad in ringu too yeah. they do they do a great job of it there as well but okay i think have do you have anything else to say about the ring that's it i, I you know i think we've said it you know the the ring is classic we i, I can't think of anybody who doesn't like the ring right if i'm being honest yeah, like totally. come on it's it's a it's a good horror film what do you rate it i rate this movie just um this time around it bothered me that they kept cutting back to the tape. I didn't need them to do that. Okay. What if they didn't do that? I would probably be a 0.5 higher. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I give it a five and a half. So I would be where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. if, if I could, only if I could recut this movie. Gore Verbinski, you idiot. Okay. Well, that does it for The Ring. We're going to come back in a moment with Oculus. Hello again. You must be hungry. Tim is a healthy adult who represents no danger to himself or anyone else. And I believe he should be discharged. Hey, little brother. I found it. What do you mean? We only have a few days. A few days for what? To keep our promise and kill it. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. It's time to stare into your reflection and talk about <laughs> Oculus. Maddie, why don't you give us a little bit about Oculus? You see what it wants you to see. A woman tries to exonerate her brother's murder conviction by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. Upon tracking down an antique mirror that her father had bought when they were children, she convinces her brother that staying in their old home and reliving their childhood trauma will prove the mirror is more than meets the eye. That was a good pun, huh? Uh, Directed by Mike Flanagan, written by Mike Flanagan, Jeff Howard, and Jeff Seidman. uh, Produced by none other than Jason Bloom. Kaylee was played by Karen Gillan. Tim played by Brenton Thwaites. Marie by none other than Katie Sackoff. Alan by Rory Cochran. Marisol by Kate Siegel, who you may have heard on our show before. Dr. Graham, Miguel Sandoval, and Michael played by James Lafferty. Rated R, uh, 104 minutes, obviously from the USA. Released in 2014 in April. Filmed in Mobile, Alabama. The entire Oof. thing. Budget was $5 million, made $44 million gross. And Oculus. Andrew, you looked in the mirror. Tell us, tell us what you saw. Uh, I saw Oculus for the first time in the theater upon its release. Uh, we went with a couple of friends, I distinctly remember, and we all really yeah. enjoyed it. Sure. Um, I've seen it actually a couple times since then. I've, I've watched this movie a couple times just because there's so many things to like dig out of it that I think every time... Classic Flanagan. Well, everything that you, every time you watch it, you notice a little something different and a little something... Everything is... Right. It's like a different movie every time you watch it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can uh, see that. There's stuff hidden in the back. Background. There's stuff hidden in the TV. There's stuff in everywhere. Yeah. So it's like it's a very well done horror movie. I agree. Uh, there's a couple parts where I think the um, acting is a little off. Uh, mostly by Karen Gillan. I think she's just she's hamming it up a little too much for me. I, I would agree with you. Um, which is not. But she does play the foil to Brenton Thwaites. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where 
and, and it plays with you. This whole movie is about playing with you. Like what's real, what's not, yeah. and what is really going on, and what timeline are we in? Are we in the childhood, or are we in the adulthood? Exactly. And it just keeps going in and out throughout the whole movie, right. which I think is really interesting. I, I do, too. I feel I feel the same way. Um, I, the first time that I saw the film, it was not in. Um, it was definitely not in the theaters. I saw it. Um, I think I rented it. I'm pretty sure because I remember you told me to rent it. Yeah. And so I did, and I was really scared the first yeah. time that I saw this. You know, I was I was telling you earlier on, like it's it's kind of like the ring for me. I've I've watched Oculus a lot now, and so it's kind of the same thing where. I do pick up things, but I'm not quite as like freaked out by them anymore, which is, you know, that's a totally natural thing. It's funny though. Every time I watch this movie, I always forget about that first scare. With, oh, totally. With, um, what's her, what Marisol? Yeah. Where he's just gotten up in the middle of the night to like get a drink and he has that yeah. juice box and she's just there for like a quick second. Yeah. But I always forget that part and it always freaks that me out. That <laughs> shit freaks you out, man. But I, I, I think Oculus is really good. I, I, I appreciate sort of like the family drama behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Katie Sackhoff did a really great job she's especially good at the beginning of the movie where she's just expected to be a mom yeah totally she does like a really good job of being a mom completely agree with you and mom likes to drink her wine well and also (laughs) too like i mean i I think both of the parents because what's his name rory cochran um he's fine i think they they both do a good job you know and it's it's a freaky i tend to like him a lot more towards the end yeah where he's like almost completely possessed yeah or, not obsessed but overtaken but, but i mean what what does he say the first time when she hears that she he's like you fat pig or something yeah it was and you're like you oh, grotesque pig grotesque pig. It was like, you're like holy shit right. but like imagine being in that situation and hearing that like mm-hmm. the only the only thing about that mirror i was thinking on this watch was why you buy that mirror i know you know and i was like and it, i thought that too i was like where did he find this mirror well, and then and then also like how much that mirror fucking costs right. like i mean she'd buy it at a fucking like you know auction, auction shit for you know whatever thousand and like you telling me this motherfucker like the house isn't that nice got some new like, it's just like a midwest it's, a, it's, like, it's a like a middle america it's like house. a subdivision house yeah. you know what i mean like like oh the dad the dad works the mom doesn't kind of thing right but you you buying that fifteen thousand dollar mirror right for this house i know that's that doesn't what make I any sense. and it doesn't go with anything might i add um let's see here um i think it was interesting at the very beginning of the movie the doctor clears our our one of our main characters and yeah. lets him go on his 21st birthday because he has cleared not only a delusion of his conscious but a delusion of his unconscious <laughs> so ridiculous but, <laughs> um the thing for me with this movie is it's so hard for me to like put together a really concrete storyline because yeah. he does such a good job of intermixing when they're ch- especially towards the end sure of when they're children and when they're adults and that's how Mike Flanagan tells stories yeah. it's, it was, it's just like if you're trying to find a linear story here don't go to this movie yeah because... I, mean, I mean if you think about it it's just like you know haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. you know it's it, it's an inter it's interwoven with different timelines different places different people. And for whatever reason, that's that's how Mike Flanagan has, has attached himself to storytelling. And I, yeah. I think it's effective mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's new. Yeah, and it's also not confusing. You know, yeah. like, the, I think that there are th- there are often criticisms that I've seen of him before where it's like, oh, the story's a mess. And I'm like, not really. Not I mean, if you actually just think about it. <laughs> well, and, and also, though, not if you actually just fucking listen. 
Like, you know, maybe, and I've, I've, I've sort of ranted about this before, but maybe like if you put your phone down or turn it off and just like focus on the movie that you're, that you paid money to, to see ostensibly in some way, maybe you might enjoy it more. Like, right. guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to live tweet it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just fucking watch the motherfucker. Save that for, like, Scream, a movie you've seen a hundred times. Well, I mean, if, exactly. Like, you know, if, if we're just going to be a culture of people who are like, well, the story's a mess, like, then you didn't even listen to the story. Right. Um, there are there are a couple of parts that I'm like, what? Come on. Um when they're having they're having an argument at the kitchen table, it's very early on in the movie, and I don't know why this stuck out to me. Which one? But the daughter says she she's asking if she can have a phone, and the mom is like, "No, you can't have a phone." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, "Well, I wish I'd just been a pineapple." And I was like, "What? what? I, I don't even remember that." <laughs> it just stuck out to me. I was like, you "Was wish? that like a was that like a joke back then?" I don't know. I'm so confused by that. She says, "I wish I was I'd been a pineapple." Yeah. I don't know what that fucking means. I don't either. Um, I mean, pineapples don't use phones, yeah. I guess. The part that um, has continued to freak me out, and every time I forget how it's resolved. The light bulb? No. That, that, that unfortunately, was spoiled in the trailer. Oh, was it really? Um, so I remember that distinctly. No, it's the part where she is at the um, the auction house, and she goes to see it for the first time. Yeah. She uncovers it, and she kind of talks to it like it's a person. She's like, hello again. With the crack and everything in the bottom. And she, in the mirror, sees in the reflection, there are three statues covered yeah. in the background. When she turns around, there's like two. Yeah. But then when she turns around again, there's actually three. Ooh. And she... Un- Bitch, you know which one was not there. <laughs> exactly. But she uncovers the other two first. First. Right as she's... What's about, behind door number one? Right about she's about to uncover the third one. Some guy scares her. And of course. She, and then it's gone. But yeah. I'm just like, fuck, I really wanted to see what was under there. I know. <laughs> like, but I that know. part always... I remember watching, when we watched this in the theater, that part distinctly freaked me out. Yeah. Really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. And the thing about this movie that, to me, is the, is the most terrifying is you don't know what's real. Yeah, right. Like, there's no distinct way of telling what's real. Yeah. So literally nothing in the story that we see could actually be happening. We and, don't know. And the 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 um the deaths are 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 pretty awful. Yeah. You know, like I mean. The the Katie Sackhoff's death is really bad. Rory's Rory's is pretty damn bad too. Um, and then when he kills his sister at the end, like, or when when his sister is killed, I should say, uh, he kills her. But but you but you you you, you, you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah, by accident. When she's killed, that's pretty gruesome too. You know, and it's sad. It was that was it, genuinely sad. I mean, honestly, this movie is really mean. Yeah, like, this is a really mean movie. Absolutely, without a doubt, because, it's, it's unforgiving in in every way. Because you're really rooting for this like uh, brother sister duo to, to win, like, win to yeah. to prove that he's and not crazy. Guess what? They can't. They can't. The they mirror ca- is they literally powerful. cannot win. And even like with that crazy contraption she has set up, like even with her right in front of the mirror, she, like he it doesn't like go into it to like, right. actually break it. And it's just like, ugh, just break the fucker. I know. And that was interesting at the very beginning of the movie. Or not the beginning, but when he's first inter- yeah. reintroduced to the mirror. Sure. Um, he, he, she basically, he basically says, well, just smash it right now. Yeah. And he's, she's like, okay, do it. And he picks up the stool and he's like going to go do it. And then he gets like sidetracked and she's yeah. like, why'd you put the stool down? Yeah. And he didn't even realize he put well, the stool down. And then they watch those videos of what, of what had just happened. And that's them putting the cameras facing each other. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which is, which is pretty freaky. Like I, I remember being really freaked out by that when I first saw the film. Yeah. 
Um, I think some other notable parts is, let's just see. Oh, I, I kept saying to myself, why don't, so understanding the power of the mirror, if you keep it covered, does it have any power? Because when it's in the, uh, the, the auction house, auction house, it doesn't begin to do anything until it's uncovered. Well, it's, when I, they take it to the house, it doesn't begin to do anything until it's uncovered. Well, I wonder if you have to own it. I wonder if you have to look in it. You know, it, I mean, you. What are the rules here? I mean, like, it didn't haunt Bretton Thwaites' character. You know what I mean? Until like later on, until like he was around it again. So it it doesn't have like lasting power unless you. Well, I mean, she even talks about this. You you have to like like the dog had to be around it. Yeah. You know, like you had to like feed it and energy. How dare you feed this mirror this precious little dog? Oh, you know, the oh the little Boston Terrier. Yes. Like, how dare you? Like I mean, at least make it like an ugly dog because <laughs> Boston Terriers are absolutely just the cutest things in the world. Thank God he gets away. Hope Without he, a doubt. Hope he went and found his forever. home. Sweet little that. baby. I, I think Bretton Thwaites did a great job in this. Yeah. Um, so he's, God, he's so cute, too, in real life. He's just, he's a cute, he's a good-looking person. <laughs> Here we he, go again. Well, I'm just saying he is, though. I mean, like, if you, like, you should Google Bretton Thwaites today. Like, he's, he's good-looking. There is a part in the movie where we are kind of, as an audience, torn between whether we believe Karen Gillan's character yeah. or whether we believe um, Brendan Thwaites' character. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in snap of a moment, they look back in the room and all the plants are dead uh-huh. and, the, and the video things are moved and everything's like changed. And, and like, then everything's Holy believable. shit. And then yeah. everything changes. Right. <laughs> everything is shitty from there. <laughs> but I mean, it, there is that there there is that family drama, that family foil that keeps the film moving along. Yeah. I thought it was another fun. thing. Another thing that Flanagan is good at yeah. is family stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think this movie's terrific. I mean, he's um, and also he's on my mind because you know the haunting just came out of, of Bly Manor, so I'm just you know I'm thinking about that too. I I think my favorite part of the whole movie, and this just comes from me liking these kind yeah. of like stories, is when she goes through all the different people that have owned it, yeah, and how they died, and like I just find that stuff kind of like, that's fascinating. that is one thing that I would say is some of those photos. I was like, that doesn't look very old. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like. Props department or art department, you could have done a little bit better. I think that's just a budget thing. Yeah. I mean, this budget was only $5 million. Which is not a lot. And the thing, I think what they did with it was, and these ghosts, man. Well. The ghosts are freaky. Four four million paid Katie Sackhoff. (laughs) Okay. You're you're not getting a Battlestar Galactica star for for less than four mil. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know about that. Period. Um, Frack. Frack. I do think that, like I said, the ghosts are very effective in this with their I agree. silver eyes and yeah. how when they when they choose to have them appear yeah. because they're not always the main villain. Sure, right. Like the villain is kind of like yourself in a little. These are little scares in the background, yeah. to keep your blood pumping. And it's like, of course, he went on to do Hell House the way he did. Of course, like, it's right. it's kind of just like evocative of what he yeah which doing. worked i yeah. mean who watched oculus when when they first saw it they weren't scared right like come on i know there's so much stuff to be scared by i think it's funny that this is uh a joint production between bloomhouse and wwe studios which is insane <laughs> which actually WWE, here we go wwe studio has actually like come out with some pretty decent horror movies over the years I mean, just, so. who, who would have guessed <laughs> this and especially on a, especially on a film like oculus i know who's thinking that <laughs> 
Oh God! And when she's oh God, when she's chained to the wall and she's got no teeth, that's that was tough to see. That's heartbreaking. And also, I really love Katie Sackhoff, so that was like doubly doubly tough to see. <laughs> I also I want a I want a side story where um, the neighbor Bob actually the next day is like a double homicide right, at the house, totally. and he's like. Oh, I guess I should have done so. Oh, I guess I was wrong about the kids. <laughs> I guess we're not going golfing um, later. <laughs> I do like the uh, the trivia that you found here. I, d- I didn't know that the mirror is an Easter egg and all these different things. Yeah, I didn't either. Did not know I that I want to go back now and look. Especially in Dr. Sleep. Where is it in Dr. Sleep? Probably in the hotel somewhere. I'm but missing. I wonder where. Now, because now I have to find that well, out. Why don't you read what? Well, yeah. So, so uh, Mike Flanagan included the Oculus Mirror as an Easter egg in most of his movies and TV shows. It's in the basement of Ouija: Origin of Evil, the headboard in Gerald's Game, the walls in the haunting. Oh, I see. It's in the design of the walls, um, and then the Overlook Hotel in Doctor Sleep. So we don't know where in the Overlook, but it's got to be in there somewhere. And That's I gotta, so interesting. I gotta find it. Because I mean, you know I'm fucking obsessed with Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I, I fucking obsessed with it. Um, another one, another weird coincidence yeah. with this movie is that during the auction where the mirror is sold, the auctioneer mentions that the mirror was acquired from the Levesque estate. Yeah. WWE superstar HHHs, which I don't even know. I have no is, idea. Real name is Paul Levesque, like the same Levesque. Levesque. Interesting. But the weird thing about it is that WWE Studios is one of the producers of the film, but they they were not involved when this movie was made. Well, maybe, they were just part of the distribution. Maybe it was the mirror itself finding distribution for itself. Like that's what it they, it knew that it needed it needed to be seen, just like Samara. Um, this movie actually could have been made a lot sooner. Yeah, but. The only way that the studio would greenlight it is if they did it as found footage. And Mike Flanagan said, no. I'm really <laughs> glad that he said that. You hate found footage. I am though. not. A, there are, I can count on one finger the number of found footage films that I actually we like. We do one on here. Have we ever done a found footage movie? We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I mean, there's good. I there's a, quite a few that I like. Yeah, it's just I, I just it's never it's never been my. Th- I I think that it can work if people do it well and you don't get a bunch of shitty actors that don't know how to act. Um, but that's usually not the case, which drives me insane. So hopefully, there's one that we can find that there's good acting. Yeah. So by the end of this movie, pretty much uh, they have set out to. Um, get the conviction from him, and he yeah. just ends up getting another one. It's really sad. It is really sad. It's really sad because old boy was almost done. He was almost out of it. And in fact, if his sister had not dragged him back into it, he'd be okay. I do. I forgot to mention when they're at lunch for the very first time. Like she had just gotten him out of yeah. uh, the correctional facility that yeah. he was in, um, and they're having lunch, and she's like, "Oh, I found some studio apartments for you, yeah. and like all this stuff." And then she's like, "I found it." I know, like out of nowhere. <laughs> and he's like, "I also tried to um, deposit on the check because I wanted to see how much the check was for." Oh, for his and they, portion. Um, of the... They they strategically don't let you see that amount at all. His portion of the estate. Exactly right. But okay, well, why do you give Oculus on a on a one to seven scale? Wait, I actually forgot. Hold on. <laughs> I gave it five. 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 All right, so we switched on this one. I actually gave it a five point yeah, five. We did the 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 reverse. Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, that's it's, it's a great movie. I absolutely I love Oculus. I've seen it a couple times. I'm pretty satisfied. With it. Yeah. I actually um, suffice it to say 
I'm trying to think if I can correct myself in any way, shape, or form, but I don't think I can. I think everything that Mike Flanagan has done has been really good. I think Mike Flanagan is a fantastic director, and he's a great storyteller. Um, I love the people that he works with. I like that he... It reminds me of a day in filmmaking because he recycles a lot of his actors, yeah. which I really, really like. Sure. I, I just like, like I, when you find people that you can work really well with, and I'm really hoping that Alex Esso stays on that. Oh, please. Um, I don't know if she's in Blind Manor. I don't remember when we talked to her if she said she wasn't. She right. is. Okay. She is. I'm not going to tell you what happens, okay. but she is. And cool. she, when she pops up, you're like, oh, Yay! good. <laughs> Alex Esso. Hurrah. She's and, one of our favorites. And she's very good in it. Good. Um, but... Think for Oculus, that's it. Yeah, I think so. So boy. I think we'll we'll take our final break wow. and we'll be done with episode forty-one, but not before we name the hottie of the episode. The hottie of the episode. Shantae, you stay. 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 And now. It's time for us to choose the hottie of the episode, episode which episode episode. Yeah. Thank you. I like that. Um, which is really a game where we just tell you who we think is attractive. Mm-hmm. That's literally all that it is. So Andrew, it's decision time. I know. Tell us your hottie of the episode. Listen, there are three distinct hotties in this episode. Okay. I had a really hard time narrowing it down. He had a hard time. Did you hear that folks? Did you hear what he said? But I am going to pull the trigger okay. on Come Karen, on. Karen Gillan's husband, or fiancé in Oculus, Michael, played by James Lafferty. You know, I'll tell you, he's not unattractive. He's very cute. He's cute. I kind of like those straight-laced, glasses-wearing guys. Oh, my God almighty. Look at him. <laughs> boy next door, boy, you know what I mean? <laughs> boy next door over here. But I will say, it was really hard for me to not do um, the guy from The Ring. Cause he's Noah, got, yeah. Cause whatever he's got Mar- that, Martin Henderson. Cause right? he's got that like floppy hair. That, oh, he's good looking. He, yeah. The only reason I didn't pick him is because his wardrobe in that movie is real bad. I mean, look at the time. <laughs> he was look wearing sandals in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, you know people do that there though. <laughs> Not when it's raining. Yeah, but it rains there all the time. You know. <laughs> Anyways, mine is you guessed it, Brenton Thwaites. Look, <laughs> I had no <laughs> look. Listen, I'm just saying Google Brenton Thwaites and look at more photos that are not from from this movie, from Oculus. He is smoking hot. He's is a beautiful person. And he's also Australian. So there you go. Okay. Congratulations. Good job. That's the hottie of the episode. <laughs> and that is also the end of our content for you, my friends. What a fun episode for episode 41. I hope you all enjoyed it. Andrew, we've got some things that we usually talk about at the end here. Yes. So, of course, we want to thank Legion Podcasts for helping host our podcast. Thank you for being a friend. The Friday Hotline is always open. Love the Friday Hotline. 872-208-3119. I'll say it again. 872-208-3119. Call leave us. us. Yeah, and leave us a message with literally anything that you want. Yeah. It's just fun for us to listen to, and we'll put it on the show sometime. We have new patrons, Maddie. Yay! We have new patrons. Uh, Kate... Sentstar and Kelly Jordan, this all is, new patrons. Now, this is amazing. What you're seeing here is people who believe in independent podcasts who are saying, I'm going to give a little bit of money to these folks so that they can make their show even better. As we say every single episode, we will never put content behind a paywall. It's not what we do. We don't like it. We're proud that we don't do it. So if you give to us, 
we use it to just get better stuff, make it better, pay for rentals, that kind of stuff. Based on today's episode, we need new headphones. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, we've had some technical issues today, folks. Trust us. Um, but you can become a patron on patreon.com slash frygay13 for as little as a dollar. A and dollar. I just want to say to Sentstar, we did not forget your movies. We're saving them for the Halloween exactly. episode. Exactly. Which is honestly an even better episode to have those in. Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash frygay13. And as you heard earlier in the episode, we have a sponsor. Woo-hoo! Actually, we have to prove to them that we can be yeah. a sponsor. But... So, so listen, here's how it works, folks. Manscaped.com is actually really, really cool. And, and let me tell you, we would not promote a... Uh, product that if we, we did not like believe it. in it. Yeah, and like honestly, look, we 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 all, me, Andrew, and and producer Michael, we all have uh, the 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 Manscaped kit, the lawnmower, the lawnmower 3.0, and it is honestly really good. And look, let's just lay it out here. If you're interested in taming thy bush. Which in pretty much everyone in the pandemic is probably exactly like. Look, you got to get that thing under control down there. So, uh, this is a really great opportunity to get one of these kits for yourself. You can get twenty percent off at manscaped.com with the code Frygay. And That's let me tell just you, the name of our show. This kit is awesome. It's really really good. It comes with like toner and like lotion and, and a like leather bag, deodorant. Yeah, like I mean, like it's trust me, it's worth the money. If you know, buy it for yourself. Buy it for or your partner. Yeah. Buy it for your friend. Maybe, you know, I don't think buying it for your child is probably what you want to do. But if you want to do that, too, you can do that. It's okay. And ladies out there, I know it's called the Manscape, but it's really well for you, too. It's going to work on your bush, too. So, like, just think about it. Anyways, 20% off with the code FRYGAY at Manscaped.com. And finally, if you could be so kind as to leave us a Apple iTunes review, we're almost at 300. Could you just fucking do it? We're two away. Please Actually, help no, us. Andrew, don't be so kind. Just fucking do it already. Um, We've been waiting for years we for always, you to we do always, it. It has been years. Um, we always love to hear from you on social media. So yeah. if you can find us on Facebook by searching Friday the 13th or find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Friday 13. And the website, www www.fragay13.com I think that will do it, Maddie. And I think all we have left to do is to let our listeners know that they need to get slayed. slayed.